Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. They haven't won here in a while. Last time they played here, it wasn't too good for them. So I think it was like 28, 2014. Yeah, it stopped. Pro combat uniforms look great. I wonder what uniforms are oh, going to wear. That was, that was the game where uh, Golston smashed it, uh, Denard's head in, right? Yeah, and that's when he got the suspension <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So stupid, but that's just me being me. Uh, Deviz, what do you think? I think it's I think it's like uh, Brent said. It's the blue collar attitude. It's going to be pound green pound out there. Shalee Calhoun yep. said it. Narduzzi said it. Coach D said it. Pound green pound. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a physical game. I think it's going to be physical. Bring. But here's what people forget: this blue collar always comes on top in that situation. The more physical team is always the team that's got a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder. I think Michigan State has always had more of a chip on the shoulder than Michigan. I think you really have to address that. And- and that definitely comes from the fact that we probably haven't had the same amount of success that Michigan has had in the in the past. So we're kind of always looked down upon. Everybody thinks we're oh we're their little brother. We're not their real live rivals. Ohio. Why State did Mike Hart even have to say that? I I didn't like Mike Hart. How's he doing in the NFL? Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they look That's as classy. they look at Ohio State is their true rival. So we've always I mean MSU has always had those that chip on their shoulder like look at us like we're doing big things. We've won four out of the last five. So. It's about time we start getting that respect we deserve. Yeah, I agree. I think Michigan State doesn't get a lot of respect. When do they ever get respect? Because if you look at Michigan's rivalry, oh, our team is Ohio State. That's the game. When you look at our game, our the game is Michigan. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is as a Michigan State student, as a Michigan State player, as a Michigan State athlete, as a fan, that is your game. Michigan is not going to look at that in the same light. Okay, look at a team like Notre Dame. Okay, they play Michigan State and Michigan both play Notre Dame. Michigan State loses at Notre Dame. Notre Dame goes to the Big House and win, you know loses as well. So Michigan come back and say, okay, we're six and one. We've had, we're coming off that two week you know that bye week, and essentially, they won. We didn't. Is that a problem? Can you look at that way, Jake? No, I think this is a battle, and these teams are both still trying to find out who exactly they are. Neither of has played that tough of a schedule, so. We're both trying to figure it out. We're both 6-1, and one, have good records, but I feel like this game could make or break either team's season. I agree, and we have someone special calling in. Of course, I haven't mentioned the number to calling in. It's 517-432-3893. That is always our number here on the pack. And I'm not going to tell the panels because I know who's calling in, but you guys will love it. Hey, you're live on the pack. This is Fino. What's up? Hey, Fino. What's up? My name's Russ Bailey. Uh, I'm a focus player here in East Lansing. Hey, Russ. What's going on? Well, hey, I'm I'm new to the college atmosphere here. Okay. And I know that Michigan Wolverines are coming into town. And, I mean, you guys are experienced Michigan State people. Like, where's the rivalry? Is there any hostility going on huh. in this town? Like, where's where's the burnt Michigan Univers- University of Michigan flag? Like, what do you guys think of that rivalry? Like, are you seeing enough of it right now? Well, I'll tell you this, Russ. You're probably are, your head's too big in a seven-card stud game because this rivalry is absolutely massive. It's okay. absolutely massive. And they're, you know, I don't want to say flag-burning, but... <laughs> We definitely don't like the, you know, the maize and blue over here. But this is a game with all the emotions. Brent brought about the emotions. This is it. This is exactly what we can say. What do you got, guys? It's all about the passion. Whoever comes into Saturday's game and plays with the most passion is going to be the It's passion. And that's how it is. I I truly, I think it's going to be Michigan State. I can say that actually with, with pretty big confidence in me right now because... I have been disappointed with the way Michigan has been playing all year. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I used to be a Michigan football fan growing up, 
came to Michigan State University. Yeah, no more. And now I understand why I. Don't let me look in your closet. And you will, have those Michigan uh, stuff. I, I oh. don't have any Michigan anything. In don't let me find out. Associated with Austin. I know where you live. Let me tell you that. But understand that I think the passion will be there this weekend from Michigan State. Michigan's going to bring it, but Michigan State is going to bring it harder. Couldn't agree more. And there's definitely a little extra passion on the Michigan State side because of the basketball aspect. Michigan had a better year than us tournament-wise in, in, in basketball season, reaching the finals, Trey Burke. Heard a lot of chatter about that, so uh, Michigan State definitely, Hostility. Wanna, definitely wants to grab back the football. Deviz? I think, I think it goes back yeah, to being uh, the you blue know what, you know, it's funny. I remember the basketball game last year and the way that Michigan State tore up Michigan. So I'm wondering, like, do you guys expect the fans to pack it in the stadium? Oh, absolutely. I think this game is the most, you know, I, I don't know if you listened earlier when I brought it up in the show. Faith and I were kind of talking off air and saying that this is the one game on the schedule that really screams to the fan base. It's a 3.30 game. You're giving those Spartan fans a couple extra hours to tailgate. Quote from Brett Bielema, former Wisconsin head coach now at Arkansas. That's what he said. It's going to be an aggressive crowd, hostile crowd. Students are know what to bring. Hey, FYI, Russ, student tickets are selling for about one fifty apiece. So wow. that's what you know. And Deviz? Wow. It's the chip on the well, shoulder guys, attitude. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go. Keep it up. Keep up the great work. I'm, I'm enjoying the show. So rock on, you guys. All right. Thanks, Russ. Good. Thanks. For, thanks. Well, Russ Bailey, a poker player, apparently doesn't know anything about the rivalry, but, Brian, it's a big rivalry, bro. Oh, yeah, even even in hockey, you know, every every time we play Michigan, we play them four times a year, and it's... How is that, like, playing them? Well, you know, it's, it uh, rotates every year, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, we play two at Munn last, or this year we play two at Munn, one at Yost, and one at Joe Lewis, so that, that, that whole week... You know, getting ready. Coach puts a big emphasis on it. And, you know, it's big in another aspect, like recruiting, stuff yeah. like that. You know, kids are going to want to go to the better school or the Absolutely. better, you know, when, when they think it's going to be time for them to go to college. So I, I think that you, you're kind of playing for the future as well. And also the past, you know, all the, the teams and players have gone through and, and, you know, gone to war with Michigan as well. I agree. I mean, this is two big-time programs, regardless of what you kind of talk about. But – the traditions about this game and the traditions about any rivalry game is very special. Okay, we bring it in the foot. We bring it into football. Okay, we have this Paul Bunyan trophy that they play for. You bring it into hockey too. You have two big time programs with a lot of big time athletes that play. You know, my favorite Michigan State guy ever to come through Ryan Miller. You look at Rod Brindamore, Justin Advocator. These are big time names that have gone through hockey. Okay, I'm a huge fan of Brindamore. Oh, you know, noted. But here's the thing, though. In football, it's the same scenario. You have the big-time name from both those schools. Not Mike Hardy. He's not in the NFL. <laughs> guy's a bum. But let's be honest. That's simply put is both these schools, they're fighting for recruits. They're fighting for turf. It's a lot of things. Divizio, when you look at these two programs, you see traditions of the programs, okay? Where do you see the tradition and how it falls? Maybe Ruskin is listening and you help him out. Well, I think Russ has left us, unfortunately. But uh, no, 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 I know, but he's listening on oh, air. All right, gotcha. or maybe he's playing poker. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. But I think how do you not? Know I think Russ? especially in the U.S., this, this, the program's rivalry is, it's during this football game, hockey, yeah. basketball. The fact that Michigan had a better year than us last year in basketball, like Harry brought up, that's a huge thing. It all comes together in this football game. It's program versus program. It's more than just football. It's a university battle. It's, it's about s- pride, it's pride in the state. And I was listening to uh, Tico Duckett was on the Jack Ebling show earlier. Oh, today. was he? Tico Duckett, uh, for us, we would probably know TJ Duckett, his yeah. younger brother who played Legend. near our generation. <laughs> but Tico was on there, and he was saying – it's, it's about the bragging rights within the state. Because we play big games. We play Notre Dame. 
we play Ohio State, and those are big rivalry games. But you don't get to go to the supermarket every day and see a Notre Dame fan and say, hey, we beat you the other day. I agree. You see a guy Well, out if milk. it's Michigan, they'd be at Walmart, right? <laughs> yeah, that's you absolutely like that? true. You're at Walmart. Too, early, too soon. <laughs> pulling out some milk, you see a guy with a block M on his hat. You can chirp him if we get this yeah. one, and that's the best thing that I'm oh. looking forward to. I went to Walmart today, the Eastwood Town Center, and I was la- it was yesterday. I saw it. You know, Michigan State shirts were $15. How much were Michigan shirts? Eight fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper. So that's why they buy the shirts. So it's simply put. But here's the thing, though, and we kind of got to wrap this one up when you really look at it is, look, it's a big game. Regardless of what the standards are, it's a huge game. You're playing for everything. You know, Divizio brought it up. And he said, look, no matter what the sport is, it's the passion. I think that's one of the best statements made all show is it's about passion. Look at volleyball. Okay, volleyball, Michigan State plays Michigan in volleyball. Record-setting crowd at Jenison Fieldhouse. Michigan State loses to Michigan, but it was a sold-out crowd. And people that don't know, volleyball never really draws a lot in this university. Forgive me for saying that. Those are just the statistics. You get a game, you get 6,100 people at a Jenison Fieldhouse. It was an electric atmosphere. Look for Jennifer Swanchara. She's our... Bumps that spike coach, and so she's got that report you got on her website. But that's the thing. It's the passion about it, guys. So, you know, closing thoughts on this one. Jay? If it's U of M versus MSU, people are going to want to see it. Regardless. Yep. Russ. No you, matter what. It could be a, people want to see it. Yeah, it could be a poker game, and, and people would want to see it. Hey? Yeah, um, I think the Spartans are going to take it home, though. That's, you think that's so? That's my prediction. I just think I think the Wolverines have a great offense, but we've had such a solid defense this whole year. Divisio? I think the fact that the national media is always focusing on Michigan and the fact that we have this sleeper team this year coming in the back door, it's the best situation that we could have. I agree. Brandon, any closing thoughts on this one? 24-14, Spartans. I like that. 24-14 <laughs> is a good prediction. What do you got good? You know what? I, I agree with that, but I'm going to take it. One notch down. I think it's going to be twenty-one to ten. I think it's going to be it's a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that the Michigan defense will pose, definitely pose us a challenge, but the Michigan State defense is going to tear Devin Gardner apart. I think Michigan State. I think Michigan State's defense is really going to shine in this game. That's kind of my. And you know, I think key factors of the game is going to be: Can Connor Cook not turn the ball over like Harry said? Yep. Can the defense really play dominant? How many times can you bring down Devin Gardner? I think it doesn't really matter in this game. I'm pulling a Kirk Curbstreet. I'm actually going to pick Michigan State and not pull Desmond. I like 27-13 Michigan State to win the game. And I was on the record earlier, you know, during Labor Day, and I said if Michigan comes in with more momentum, they could win this game. But they don't. Michigan State wins the game. We'll get scores. What do you got? I got 28-13 MSU with a defensive touchdown for sure. All right. Shalik Calhoun? Hopefully. All right. <laughs> Faith? All right. I'll... I'm trying to think. It's tough, right? I mean, just yeah. sit a second. I mean, you really understand that you have defense, you have offense, but can Michigan State's offense move the football against their defense? Can, is our offense going to move? How's their defense going to play? I could see it being a lot closer, like 24-27. I something. could see something like that, close. too. A lot of people have told me that. I can see a close game. Divisio, you got a thought? 24-10. 24-10. That MSU. is it. MSU. MSU, and that's our thing. So. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from break, we're going to interview our man, Brent here, Brent Darnell, MSU hockey player, talk about their season, talk about their big win over BU. Hockey East is going down. Big Ten's up. They win the challenge. You're listening to Impact Exposure. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was a good. Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man. You sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah. Don't worry. 
worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back, okay? Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane, in a time when FM is plagued by the same 15 songs, an army of new songs are called to battle, and only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10, sit or spin, only on Impact 89 FM. Now, back to Impact Exposure. And we're back. Yes, this is the Pact Fino alongside Austin, Harry, Faith, and Ludovizio. Our special guest, Brent Darnell, who is here from MSU Hockey. You know, they're coming off a big win. We have the privilege to have him coming in studio. So once again, Brent, thanks for coming yeah, by. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a blast to have you here. So, you know, MSU, you know, hockey, one and three this season, you know, three game losing skid, but you get a huge win against BU. How is it? Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, we're still a young team, so yeah. you get some confidence going and, you know, beat a big team early in the year. That's always uh, always a positive. So now uh, then the next step is just being consistent. You know, mm-hmm. we play uh, American International this weekend, yeah. fr- Friday, Sunday. So I think, you know, having a good week of practice, we have an extra practice on Saturday. But um, just, you know, don't don't take our foot off the gas pedal here. And, you know, sometimes in the past, you know, we take a couple steps forward and, you know, take a few back. But I think just sticking with it and, uh, you know, two wins this weekend is going to be really important to, you know, set us back, you know, even at 3-3. Three and three. Absolutely. And 3-3 three and three would be a great way to kind of bounce back, you know, 0-3 oh to start off. That big win for BU, you know, that's a kind of win, Brent, that can really catapult your season and kind of get your – where you guys really want to be and those expectations that coach sets so high here in this program. Yeah, definitely. Uh, BU, obviously, is such a storied, you know, school. Yeah. You know, they had a new coach this year, but, you know, he was no uh, – it's not like he was a uh, uh, bad coach or anything. You know, he coached the NHL last year and in American League and um, had the U.S. development program before. So he's uh, he's a great coach, and, uh, you know, they're, they're a great team, real skilled, and I think uh, – you know, maybe we even caught him on a bad night. You know, they had a long week of travel. You know, played in Ann Arbor the night before, so uh, that was definitely a big win for us. Big win, big win. Let's bring Goodman here. Um, Goodman, what do you got for our guy? Hey, Brent, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? You know what, man? I can't complain. It's been a it's been a hectic week, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, so congratulations on the on the victory against BU. Um, I used to play a little bit of puck myself, so I definitely know what it's like to go out on go out on the ice and you know really get into the game, really get into your groove, and you know try to mesh with the people around you. You know I was looking into uh, into some stats and lineups, all that kind of stuff. You're put on a different line this season, playing with two different players, two freshmen this year. Compared to playing with Barry and Dablo last year, or uh, DeBlau last year, what, how do you pronounce the last DeBlau. name? DeBlau. Yeah. DeBlau. Sorry about that. So you were playing with Barry and DeBlau last year, and you guys had a pretty productive line. You know, with the stats, Barry had 31 points. He was a team leader. And uh, DeBlau had 21 points, and you had 20 points on the season, all with, you know, 40 games played. Tell me, 
what is it like meshing with these new guys that you have on the team? Uh, it's uh, it's definitely different. You know, these uh, two younger kids, so I feel like a grandpa on the line. <laughs> you know, I'm two or three years older than them, but you know, it's, they're uh, uh, Mac McCaffrey and Thomas Ebbing are two really uh, really skilled players. It's kind of weird because they both went to Brother Rice and I went to Catholic Central, and those are like two rival high schools. So now we're we're playing together on a line. But I think the biggest thing is uh, you know just kind of you got to kind of help and coach them too. You know they're young. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might not find chemistry right away, but I think if you, if you stick with it, you know, keep telling them things, helping them along, making sure they're staying positive, that it, uh, you know, it can lead to some success. We, uh, you know, I thought we had a few good first few games as a line, and then we were broken up Friday night and then back together Saturday. I think getting a goal as a line really uh, had some confidence for uh, all three of us. So it's uh, it's definitely something that, you know, doesn't come natural for everyone, you know, meshing together as a line. But, you know, as time goes on, I feel uh, it's definitely important to build that chemistry. Absolutely. So, you know, these we got two freshmen right here. You didn't know them before, obviously. No. Okay, so what is it like getting to know beyond the ice, the personality, hanging out with these guys, getting to know them on a personal level so you can actually go out there and be in sync, be productive with those line mates that you have now? Yeah, especially with how young we're team we have the past two years, or this year and last year, you know, getting to know them on a more personal level is definitely huge. You don't want to make them feel as if they're left out, per se, because, you know, that never bodes well for a team. But I think, uh, you know, the, the personal level thing, like you said, is huge because, you know, they're they're new to college. You know, there's 45,000 students here. You know, they might be a little overwhelmed at first, and that. So I think the uh, you know connecting, you know, maybe having one for dinner, stuff like that, get them out of the dorms. You know, that uh, I feel like that's all positive. So you do push them to get a little bit more social, more oh, interacted yeah. on campus. Yeah, def- you take definitely. the you take the big brother role, basically. Yeah, and I, I think our team has events that we uh, that we kind of go to as a team, whether it's like helping out in the community or doing ticket drive stuff like that. That really. Uh, you know, kind of forces them to come out of their shell a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, 517-432-3893. We're along here with Brett Darnell, MSU hockey player. So feel free to give a call if you guys want. Jaden. What's up, Brett? Hey. So uh, so I'm a big NHL player. You know, I get it going on the PlayStation, the Xbox, and uh, I'm a big fan of the button combinations for the celebrations after the goals. Do you have any go-to celebrations, or is it just a spur-of-the-moment no, thing? No, that's, that's funny because Matt Barry and I uh, always joke around. We had a buddy that... Um, we, we both knew growing up, and every time he scored, he jumped in the glass. So we're the big, every goal, we, we just jump in the glass on purpose and kind of rub it in each other's face, make them watch the replay yeah. too. So. Definitely, definitely. That has to be a good feeling with the, with the fans banging up on the glass oh, and everything yeah. like that, especially in away games, I can imagine. But uh, so hockey has a bit of a different track to get into college playing college hockey. You have to go through juniors, unlike, unlike other sports where you go from straight from high school to to college what's that like playing in juniors kind of that in between where you're still looking for a college everything like that yeah, it's, it's definitely um you know a, a different different than a lot of sports um I was I was fortunate to play my senior year of high school and juniors and then one year after so I kind of got to see both but when you're in high school and playing juniors I mean it's hard on some kids mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to school from like 7 30 to one o'clock and then going right to the rink then for two hours and you got homework and that so that that that's definitely hard but when you're not it's pretty uh when you're not in high school it's pretty relaxing you can uh when you practice around two so you can sleep in if you want some guys get jobs i know um when i played we did some like you know once a week you know you go to the hospital and volunteer but in uh in a hockey aspect it's huge because you know after your senior year of high school some guys aren't ready for college hockey mm-hmm. And, you know, that extra year or two in juniors, you know, some guys, it just kind of sets them off, you know. 
they uh, didn't get a chance to do that. They may not have even played college hockey at all. So it's definitely uh, it's a big stepping stone, but it prepares you guys well for college, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. So if you had a chance to go back, you would still have the system be the same and you wouldn't want it to be changed? No, not at all. In okay. Juniors, you know, those are friendships you build, you know, for your whole life. You know, a lot of the towns are small towns where, you know, you don't really know many other people than, you know, the families you stay with and the guys yeah. on your team. So that's... Uh, you know, some of my best friends from hockey are from when I played juniors. Definitely, definitely. And you actually moved from Detroit to Sioux Falls? Yeah. How was that transition kind of a bigger city to uh, yeah, it was, a smaller populated area? I think it was probably the biggest city outside of maybe Lincoln, Nebraska, or Omaha around there. But mm -hmm. uh, there's probably like 100,000 people, but everything is so close. It was like five minutes to drive everywhere. So mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was definitely different. I feel like everyone kind of knows everyone in that town. So it was uh, it was pretty cool to experience that though. Definitely, definitely, definitely a change. Yeah, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, so I know you were born here in Lansing, and so during juniors, was MSU always an option for you or? Uh, yeah, I, um, you know I grew up um, big Michigan State fan in hockey. Um, it's not like I was pro MSU or pro U of M. I, I kind of liked them both, but. You know, once MSU came calling, I you know I took my visit here. I kind of felt like it was it was the right spot for me. Um, you know, just like a Big Ten university now with Big Ten hockey. That's so uh, it's so big now. But uh, yeah, I think you know after a few visits here, I kind of felt you know this this is where I want to be. You know, that we get history, fun school, and all that. So I definitely think uh, it was the best choice I could make. Good. And then reflecting on your win against Boston, how incredible! You know. You've, you know, four minutes and 46 seconds left in the final period, and you score this goal. The bench goes nuts. The crowd goes nuts. Did you feel like that was a motivator? Like, then you scored two more goals after that. Yeah, definitely being the first home weekend, too. We didn't put a, put the best showing on Friday night. So, and I thought, you know, we played a, a great game Saturday, but, you know, we just couldn't get the bounces. And finally, you know, I got, I got a lucky bounce on my goal, and I felt like, you know, that, that finally, you know, people were kind of waiting for something to happen, and then a minute later we score. And, you know, it's kind of there's no looking back at that point. So That's great. Hey, Brent, how you doing? Good. How you been? Good. Uh, you know, every team, they have to find an identity throughout the season. And you guys, you're a young team, obviously. But whether it's a dump and chase team, a grinding team, a puck possession finesse team, where do you guys see yourself as an MSU Spartan team right now? I think kind of a mix in between. You know, we're not, we're not going to go out and, you know, try and be all flashy. But, you know, we definitely do want to possess the puck a lot. Um, but yet at the same time, you know, if we if we need to, you know, play a dump and chase, not really dump and chase, but you know, a grinding game, I think, uh, you know, you know, we can we can do that. We got a lot of big, strong kids that um, that, that can play those types of roles. But we also have, you know, a lot of skill on our team. And uh, you know, if we're not if we're not scoring right away, you know, you can maybe find your B game. And you know, I think that's what we kind of did Saturday. Was you know, we just kept you know pushing away and you know and finally they uh you know they had a few unlucky breaks for themselves they got in the penalty trouble and I think we kind of thrived off that you know I think we're a big momentum team you know we get a few goals and that uh that really sets us off well going off of that right there did coach Anastas or anybody in the locker room what do you think you guys did differently if anything other than just the momentum in the second half of that game versus your first three games to really get that first W uh, I think it was more, you know, kind of like a mindset, getting pucks on net and just kind of sticking with it against uh, UMass, uh, our first, Amherst, our first weekend. You know, they, uh, you know, we we got some early goals and went into the period up, and then they came out in the second and took it to us. And 
you know, we, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say we let down, but, you know, we definitely didn't respond, you know, the way we wanted to. And even Friday night against UMass Lowell, it was, uh, you know, they get a few quick ones on us, and, you know, we're, we're kind of sitting back, not making anything happen. But Saturday, we gave up that late goal in the first period, and, you know, that, that could have really killed us. You know, it could have set us back, but we, we stuck with it the rest of the game and eventually came out on top. All righty, so back over to me. I have a couple more questions for you. Um, the first, first things first, I'm all about that sick move, that cool deke. You personally, what is your favorite move to pull that you could actually pull off in a game-time situation? I don't know if I have many moves that I probably could pull off in a game <laughs> without, without seeing the end of the bench for the rest of the night. But I'd probably say a toe drag. You know, that might be the most popular one. Um, you know, maybe like a toe drag and right into a shot for a goal. That uh, that seems to be a pretty popular one. So it's maybe the only one. I could see uh, see me pulling off because I'm probably not fast enough to break away from the guy after I beat him, so I'd have to probably shoot it pretty quick. Absolutely. Nick Lidstrom was actually on the uh, was on Fox Sports Detroit the other night, and he was talking about how the game has changed a little bit over the years. It's changed from fundamental slow hockey to this quicker pace game that everybody's flying down the ice trying to you know make that cool move, make that perfect pass. Everything is a little bit more crisp, a little bit more precise. Can you confide in that? Do you think that that's happening to the game, or is it the same old hockey we've been seeing for years? I think to a certain extent that it has changed a bit. Maybe not college, but more so in the NHL. They're trying to you know get rid of the not get rid of the fighting, and but you know really uh, toll back on that. But even in college, you only play. It's different than the NHL. They they play 82 games, and we're only playing 40, 44 games. So definitely in, in college systems, you know, the way you play is, is, is definitely way more important. And, you know, you could you see it in college, you know, a team with not as much skill is going to, you look at last year, the, uh, the finals, you know, a lot of the favorites, Minnesota, North Dakota, they were knocked off by maybe lesser skilled teams. But, you know, Yale and Quinnipiac in the finals, they, uh, you know, they, I think like what we talk about, finding our identity, they just played a basic game and, uh, you know, got the job done. So whatever works for teams, you know, some some teams in the NHL kind of dumb it down a little bit, and they, people may say that's boring, but at the end of the day, you know, these guys are getting paid to do a job, and, you know, if they're doing it to the best of their ability, they, no one can really complain. Absolutely. So for MSU hockey, what would you say your end-all, be-all goal is? When you guys go out there, what is your strategy to attack the team? Are you guys going on a full attack? Are you guys, you know, protecting your net a little bit? Are you guys, you know, doing a little bit? Of, what is your... What do you guys go out there and we do? We definitely, you know, we have a saying, like, you know, always attack. But I think offensively, you know, we don't want to, you know, sit back. You know, we want to go, move the puck, you know, play fast. But, yeah, def defensively, it's we, we want to take pride in, you know, being a team that's tough to play against, you know, not giving up anything easy. And, you know, uh, we, may, we may have struggled to find that so far. But, you know, I think we're really coming around, you know, now that, you know, the, the tougher we are we are to play defensively, you know, the, the harder it is going to be for those teams, and that's going to open up our uh, offensive chances as well. Absolutely. Well, Greg, I know hockey camaraderie is such a big thing, maybe more so than in other sports, the locker room chemistry. Uh, obviously, Wolf is a captain there and the main leader on your club, but there are always guys, the glue guy in the locker room that can kind of keep guys loose but knows how to be focused as, at the same time. Who in your locker room would you pick out as one of those guys? Uh, I I'd probably do a Jake Chelios. Um, you know, he's a he's a great kid, fun, funny guy, and but you know he he realizes you know when it's time to work, he uh, you know he goes to work. He uh, 
you know, he, he's a tough player, obviously. You know, his dad played in the NHL for so long. You know, he had someone great to learn from there. But he, uh, he's de he definitely keeps things loose. But, you know, at the same time, you know, when he's back there, you know, he, he's going to be giving it his all, and he's not, he's not going to take a night off. You know, he's going to be tough to play against and that he's uh, going to provide some leadership on the, on the back end for us. Well, you know, everyone's mentioning, you know, difference in leaders, and even Austin's mentioning some toe drags. I would kind of, you know, I brought it up in the beginning was, you know, now you move to the big, you know, Big Ten hockey versus CCHA. How is the transition being? You know, are, are you guys still playing the same kind of hockey? You know, you are playing some teams more than you would be. You're not playing, you know, Alaska's anymore, playing elite programs now. Penn State's now a Big Ten team. How is it playing in the Big Ten versus playing in the CCHA? Well, I think the biggest thing is the schedule. Um, we don't play a Big Ten game until, I think, December. Yeah. And I think the reason they did that was they were going to wait till football season was done so, that, you know, they can get more TV games on Big Ten Network and whatnot. But I think the, the biggest thing is the uh, the non-conference schedule. Like, that's all that's all we're playing now. You know, we, get to, we got to go out to Massachusetts, you know, play, play a good team there. And I just – I think the travel is going to be a lot less. You know, you're not bussing four hours – you know, the place you're going to go, you're going to have to fly because, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. you know, those, those are places a little bit far, farther. But um, hockey-wise, you know, we're still going to play the same type of hockey. You might you might see different styles, you know, as, as a fan from, like, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Those are two highly skilled teams. And uh, compared, you know, some of the teams the CCHA kind of play that, you know, d dumb it down approach where, you know, they're, they're real defensive and they just kind of um, – kind of wait for their offensive chances where, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin kind of, you know, really goes after those. So is that, you know, is that something that coach is doing really, you know, in practices? Are you guys trying to maybe throw pucks more pucks at the net, get that lucky bounce that you were talking about, just kind of you don't really want to dumb it down against these teams because, you know, along with you guys, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, those are all very elite teams that you kind of want to bring it to them every night. Yeah, definitely. I think it is a mindset that – uh that we have been working on in practice is, is, you know, getting to the front of the net. You know, there's throwing pucks there. You know, a lot of goals in the NHL. No, not many guys are beating the goalies clean. So it's a, a lot of those goals are coming right around the net. So that's something that we uh, we need to take pride in as a team, you know, not just individually. So I think co Coach has been, you know, Coach Newton works with our forwards too. You know, he he's even looking, you know, watching game film of NHL teams. And Coach uh, Adam Nightingale, our video guy, he spends so much time breaking down film and you know he always is kind of showing us you know little things or tips or tricks you know that can really because I mean let's face it last year we weren't the best team offensively so that's one thing this year that you know we're gonna probably have to score more goals playing in the Big Ten and you know, it's something we work on every day in practice. Cool good wrap up. So you say you guys have to score more goals I got a couple stats down here you guys are 1.8 goals per game on the season your opponents are almost at three and a half goals per game against you guys so Looking at those numbers, how do you flip that around where it's in Michigan State's favor? I think it's it starts defensively. You know, we have two great goalies um, from coming back from last year as well, and you know they're uh, they're going to give us a chance to win every night. And uh, they always say the best you know offense is a great defense or vice versa. But I think you know it's like coach really preaches. It starts in you know defensively. If you don't have the if you don't have the puck, you you got to go get it. So I think if we uh, really commit defensively, that's going to really lead to more offense. And like I said earlier, getting pucks on net, you know, shooting more, going to the tough areas is really going to really gonna help us moving forward. And obviously our, our power play has struggled a bit. 
And but uh, you know that's just maybe you know early season jitters or whatnot. But I really think you know we got a lot of skill on this team, and uh, the power play is going to come around as well. Absolutely, you guys are one for twenty-one on the power play. Honestly, you guys have a squad this year. You, you know you could really push it together, and I think that you got you obviously have a solid head on your shoulders. You know what it takes to win the game. My final question for you is. Who is your biggest idol? Who do you look up to, either in the NHL, your family, your friends? Who do you look to for guidance? Um, I think there was, uh, you know, obviously my, my mom and dad. I, uh, you know, I really look up to them. They sacrificed so much for me in my hockey career. But you know, there is, uh, within our team, I've <clears throat> become close with, our, like I said, our video guy, Adam Nightingale. He, uh, our dads actually worked together probably 30-some years ago. You know, he's always there. He, uh, he played at Michigan State, so he knows what we're going through. So I think being able to have someone like that who you can talk to, you know, any day and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, see what he has to say about it. And it's great in the summer. A bunch of alumni come back and uh, skate with us. So if you ever have guys are in the NHL, you know, you can't really not listen to, the, to them. They kinda, they've made it. So I think here at MSU, you know, there's such a great support system that you can really talk to anybody almost to, uh, you know, get guidance. I mean, absolutely. Brent, thanks for being on the show. You're great. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. No problem, guys. Brent Darnell, um, MSU hockey player. We wish him the best of the season for everyone at the Impact at 89FM. Go green. Um, Go white. uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And we'll take a quick break. We'll be back to talk Lions football and a great victory against those Dallas Cowboys. We'll be back. You're listening to Impact Exposure. We've just received word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We've just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. the impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny. That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tapping his music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. But, sir, I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10. on The impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m. Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. We are back on the pact to talk about our final discussion. Guys, Brent Darnell was awesome, and we wish him obviously the best, like we kind of spoke about before the break. All the best in their season. They're one and three. We hope they go to the Frozen Four. That's the goal every year. Just good having Brent on the show. Um, but moving, but moving forward, you know this Lions team. They win. They win, guys. They win. They win. They win against this Cowboys team that they had no business winning. No business winning at all. So Jaden, they win the game. What's your thoughts? I'm kind of eating my words from last week because last week I said the Lions always find a way to lose. But they, this weekend... They found a way to they win. They found a way to win. And Whoa. it came against the Cowboys. who who It was kind of just a battle of who could find a way to lose the least. I mean, that's such an interesting point, though, that Jaden brings up here is Lions are minus four in turnover rate. I remember in class today, ironically, yeah, Fino was actually paying attention in class. <laughs> they said that... Since 2011, teams are 1 54 with a minus 4 turnover rate. Lines are minus 4. They win the game. 
So they're two out of those 56 teams that actually win a game in a minus turnover rate. That's pretty interesting, Faith. Come on. They win the game. Even though Dez was crying, they win the game. And what a game from Calvin Johnson, Faith. Amazing, amazing. What, 329 or whatever yes, it was? 320. I lost count of 300. <laughs> he was seven yards away from breaking the record. How unbelievable. Like yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, but think about the final play, too, that makes them win this game. You know, they're facing adversity, and we come and we pull out this win. Incredible. The Lions go down the field, and Faith brings a good point. Callum Johnson's all over that drive. He really is. He's making the play. And, you know, Matthew Stafford, people are talking about Calvin's game. Matthew Stafford is 488 passing yards. Where is the credit for Matthew Stafford? Because without Matthew Stafford, you don't win that game. I don't care who you're throwing to. The credit is right here, Fino. Let me tell you, here and now, people say that Matthew Stafford is not an elite quarterback. If you think that... Who's saying that? Plenty of people. Plenty of analysts. Must be Bears fans. Absolutely. I don't even know what they're looking Must at. Must be Bears fans. Matthew Stafford <laughs> has a sidearm that is sick. He Nobody could throw, the pa- throw a pass like that. Zipping it past a lineman. He's zipping it past the lineman's hip. He's not throwing it over his head. He's getting into these slots. That you don't even know how he's fitting the ball in he's there. He's so great in the pocket and when he makes his plays. I mean, I've never seen a guy with such a good arm as Matthew Stafford. He really made the play. And he used to be a baby. He used to have this presence that was like, oh my God, I'm going to get hurt every time. <laughs> and yeah, he was going to get hurt every time. But now he has poise. He has Moxie, he has everything. I would argue that because it's kind of like Jay Cutler, though, if you really am. We'll bring Divizio here in a second. Cutler always got a lot of just, he got a lot of scrutiny, and that's a good word, scrutiny, for really not being tough. But I think Cutler is very tough, and I would still argue that to this day. Matthew Stafford is the same way. The guy went back in the game on a separated shoulder. It's pretty incredible. I think we need to take a step back and just look at the stats from this game. Stafford, 488 passing yards. Calvin Johnson, 329 receiving yards. It was second most in NFL history for a regular season game. First most for a regulation regular season game. So that gives you, the other one was OT. That's pretty impressive stuff. And seven of those receptions were for 20 plus yards. I mean, he's just so dominant down the field. It, favorite target much? Yeah, I think, we, I think we know who his favorite target is, Jaden. Oh, no, no, Lou. Yeah. Give me a chance one more second here. No, you're fine. Every team, Cut, that when they have a successful season, <laughs> every team when they have a successful season, Obviously, this goes without saying. This is that win that you look back on where the team. This is your marquee win. It is. And more so than just the come from behind in these crazy stats, it's the fact that with a minute, what was it, a minute four left? Yeah. They had the ball. It's that mentality. It's that Tom Brady, New England Patriots mentality that we're still going to win this football game. It was a minute and two seconds left with zero timeouts. Zero timeouts. It's that mentality that we're not going to lose this football game. We're going to do everything we can to do it. And Stafford. He personified it himself when he dove into the end zone on that final touchdown. And it was a mental breakdown from the Cowboys, too. Understand that they had a 27-14 to 14 lead, was it? Or 27-17 to lead with, like, um, it was, like, two minutes and, like, 14 seconds left. There's something ridiculous like that. You know, the Lions, and they get the, they get the ball back. The, the How do the Cowboys they, they, not win that game, though? That's the Jada. How do they not win that game? You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. How do they not win that game? They're minus four Goodman. They're minus four Jaden. I don't see how they lose the game. You know, one in 54, though. It's the mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm Literally, ba- they, they mentally got out of the game somehow, and it kind of attributes back to Des Bryant. Yep, yep. And this year has been a rough year for for the Cowboys. They've lost a couple close games. I remember the Denver game. They Tony Romo threw a pick in the last seconds after mm-hmm. a great game from him, but 
they've just had a tough time closing out games and I'm going to start a change.com petition to change the Detroit Lions mascot to just the Calvin Johnsons, the Megatrons, something of that sort. <laughs> like a Transformer. Exactly. Just exactly. not Shia LaBeouf. Just, just, <laughs> I love Shia LaBeouf. You like him? In holes, I like them. Oh, yeah. Right. The best. He is doing otherworldly things on the field. He had another double coverage this weekend where Stafford is just throwing it up there and Calvin Johnson just goes up and gets it. It doesn't matter who's He goes up him. and his vert is just that much higher <laughs> than everyone else's. Stafford favorite. was literally laughing in his post-game his conference. Sure. He was Pretty, like... I just have to throw it, and he comes down with it. He but, he literally called him a freak. But here's the thing, guys. I think we gotta bring this back together here. So the Lions are sitting pretty. At, you know, they're five and three now. They're sitting pretty. They lose last the week before against the Bengals on this punt that it shouldn't have been. They kick this field goal. They win the game. Bengals do. And week two, they lose at Arizona. So if you win those two games, the Lions have one loss in their season. Just think about that. The Lions could be 7-1 and one very easily as well. So, hey, here's the thing. Do you believe in the Lions this year? Are you a believer? I am a believer because I, growing up, I never heard anything about the Lions. All I heard was that they were terrible. terrible. And all of a sudden, now I'm hearing these great things like this comeback. I mean, they come back from a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter. And then Stafford makes this amazing play. He calls... Pretend spike and he makes the game winning touchdown. Dan Marino esque. I mean the fake, the, the fake, and the, it's not a pass. It's just a scramble, <laughs> but it's just or a sneak. But it's the same thing. He scrambled to the side and spiked it. But it was pretty unbelievable fate that you know they called this fake. You got to have some you know cojones to do something like that. It's just really unbelievable, Jaden. Do you think they called it or was it a spur of the moment thing by Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford said in an interview. I don't know if you saw. He said no. He was going to spike the football, but he saw the linebackers just standing up. That's a that's a that's an elite move. We were talking about elite quarterbacks to have the presence of mind in that situation. That's elite, guys. That's elite. That's elite. And I think it goes back to that never-say-die attitude. That's exactly what it is. And it's Stafford. It, it's Matthew Stafford. Calvin Johnson is the athlete on the field, but the leader on that field is Matthew, is Matthew, is Matthew Stafford. Stafford. And when you saw that last touchdown, that's a decision play. Last second of the game, I'm going to score this touchdown. And that's exactly what he did. It was, it was good judgment, smart play, incredible on his part. Just to look at everybody who's playing and say, I have this open. I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And here's where my point of debate is, and then let's let's embrace our spot. hashtag embrace Spartan debate right here. <laughs> here's our debate our debate 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 moment is who is the MVP of the game yesterday? I'm gonna argue for Matthew Stafford is that MVP of that game because you can have a receiver. Look at Larry Fitzgerald, but if you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. I'm with Goodman. Matthew Stafford is elite. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Top six, arguably top five quarterbacks right now. He's my MVP of the game. What do you got? He is my MVP, too. You don't throw over 400 yards and not be the MVP of the game. If you actually watch the game, though, he didn't miss a pass. It was the receivers every single time not being able to get their hands on the ball. That pass to Durham was perfect. Oh, I'm- Whoa. <laughs> oh, Perfect. wow. That was such a laser. It was better. That was one of the prettiest passes. It was I've honestly ever seen better than Stafford. L.A. Dickerson taking you to the dairy store. It was. It was, it was <laughs> she did that to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, who's your MVP? I'm giving the MVP to Des Bryant because he said some things in the media that just motivated Megatron and Stafford, even. I mean, he was saying he could do the same stuff as, as Megatron, and I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think he's got to. 
the proof is in the pudding, and, and Megatron's been doing this week. I think Megatron week, put him. We'll debate that in a second. I'm just trying to get people's MVPs, and then we'll talk Megatron versus Dez because I think it's going to oh, be great. Dez Bryant's the MVP for motiv- motivating Megatron. So motivation station, yep. Faith. Who's our MVP? All right, I will agree with that because he, you know, he, you know, <laughs> Brian came out and was saying things all about Johnson. How he, like, how Brian said he's such a better player. Like I'm such a better player than. Calvin Johnson. And so Johnson doesn't say anything, but he shows it in his game. He's got all those yardage, but I would take Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. For MVP. So three Matthew Stafford's. Game changer. DeViz? Uh, I think I got to go Matthew Stafford also. Just because of the character. It's the character. Yeah. I kind of like how the Lions are developing. They started out a couple years ago. Everybody just thought, oh, this is a dirty squad. This is a rough and tumble squad. And they kind of got us. I mean, they're still dirty. They are. And I like that. They got us this reputation. Like, if we're going to come into Ford Field, we're going to have to pay for every single yard we get. We're going to have to pay on the defensive end as well. Calvin Johnson, physical specimen. We're going to have to contend with this. Here's my quick question, though. Just to cu- I'm just curious to see if your MVPs would change. If Matthew Stafford doesn't win the game on that fake, you know, the fake spike, is he still your MVP or is it Calvin Johnson? If the Lions lose the game, is Calvin Johnson now your MVP or is it still Matthew Stafford? I'm not changing. I think it's still Matthew Stafford. I still think it's Matthew still Stafford. Still Stafford? Still Dez's motivation whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't take anything away from Matthew if he didn't pull that move. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Faith is the same. All same, Diviz. I think I'd probably go Calvin at that point. Because okay. it was that leadership move, and that's what I'm talking about. It's, that, that's why he I asked grabbed him. the team, Question he picked it you. up by the jersey collar, and yeah. he said, We're gonna we're gonna win this game, guys. Lou, I agree I agree with you one hundred percent, man. Honestly, he absolutely solidified the fact for me with calling that play on top of throwing that pass to Durham on top of getting the ball to Calvin that pass to Durham was unbelievable for 329 yards keep in mind Durham is his is Matthew Stafford's best friend. They played together. They were roommates at Georgia. Roommates at Georgia. He brought him into the organization. Basically, you know, he is making Durham a better player, but Durham is also making Stafford a better player because Stafford is a little bit more calm every time he gives the ball to Durham. You don't take that risk if you don't trust that guy breaking down the seam with two cornerbacks or a safety dropping down and a quarterback with very, very close coverage on Durham. I mean, continuity is such a fun, funny thing you talk about is, you know, you bring a guy in that will just help your cause, Divizio, and now Matt, he's making, you know, Goodman made a good point. Matthew Stafford, you know, is making Durham better, and Durham is doing the same for him, you know. That's right, and I think it's kind of funny if you, I bet if we were to play back the tape of this show, a guy's name who has not been mentioned once so far, Reggie Bush. Yep. He scored wow. two touchdowns for this team. That's more than Calvin or Stafford. And this guy, I think he's the X factor that really brings out Calvin and Stafford. They're obviously the superstars, Bush superstar in his own right, but he takes the pressure off these guys so they can do what they need to do. And also, Bush also gives us our offense another dimension so they can't quadruple coverage on, on Calvin rather than triple coverage. But he definitely gives the defense something to think about where they can't just drop back into coverage and expect Stafford to throw. You talk about an X factor. You know, Lions bring in Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. and Reggie Bush has looked so good for the Lions. He's your unsung hero, is he not? I mean, I think so. I definitely think so. I actually think your unsung hero is Joyke Bell. He's Could be. Se- he's our second string running back. Local this- guy. Local guy. He played at Wayne State. He actually worked at Ford Field. Guess what? He probably produces the most first downs for our team. If we can look into the into the statistics, he has a plethora of first downs. He is that running back that when Reggie just ran for you know 
eight yards, he bumps he bumps out those extra five that get us the first down and then some. We haven't had a dynamic no- duo back there in a long time. We also are forgetting to talk about Joseph Fourier, who was jumping yeah. into the scene at 6'8", who had three touchdown passes two games ago. We have threats. Big threats. I think so. I think the Lions now are serious to reckon with. Are they not? Is this not a playoff team? I think this is a playoff team without okay. a question. And I without think this question? Game, I think so. I, I really do. And I think, I mean, this is one game, but going into the bye with this confidence, coming back and playing Chicago, a team that we lost too close, it's going to be huge. I agree. I think it's going to be huge. But let's finish out this. If we finish out our line segment, we'll wrap it up real quick. Is I understand we're going to the bye week. It's essentially the mid, you know, it's the midpoint for the Lions season. They're you know the five and three. So what do the Lions finish out at record wise, and do they get in the playoffs? They are good. I, I'd go with ten and six, and I do think they get a wild card with the playoffs with the Green Bay Packers winning the NFC North. Rack quick. Looking at to, into the back of this back end of the season, we're going to beat Chicago in two weeks. I feel like I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh. I think we're going to end the season at about eleven and five, maybe eleven even and five, and four. maybe even twelve and four. Babe? I can agree with that. I agree as well. Davis, give it last one. We're all good. Well, guess what? We got it same place, same time. You know it. We're on the packed. We got a lot of time. No, we don't, Char. Just kidding. <laughs> Along with Fino, Austin, our man Harry, Jaden, Faith, and of course. Lou Divizio. Thank you, Fino. You know, your hair still looks good. It's it, how it works. Yeah, Always it's stop. how it works. You're trying to walk me in the studio. I'm going hat backwards this time. Maybe for Halloween, I'll be Lou Divizio. I'll even slick the hair back a little bit. I'll work I'm at home TV. I'm challenging Miley Cyrus for the number one cast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I like that. Well, we always same time, same place. See you next week, post-Halloween. It'll be November. Maybe Tony Romo won't throw an interception. Always. Fino on the back for Austin, Harry, Faith, and Lou. And thank you special to Brent Darnell. This is The Pack on 89FM. East Lansing. Uh...